0: This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. The title of this message is Peace, Perfect Peace. If I were to ask you to give me a description of your life at this point, would you use the word peace or peaceful somewhere as you described your life? Or would you say, that is the last thing that I could say about my life right now. Well, I can tell you this. I believe most people on the face of the earth have had times where things were more peaceful than they are now. Or maybe you're in a time that you're finding more peace than you've ever found before. And you're happy. As we say in the South, you're as happy as a tick on a healthy dog. But there's just something about life in general that we have times that are not so peaceful. And so we want to look at that word uh, this morning. We're going to be looking at the Old Testament. We're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter uh, 26, if you have a copy of God's word or if you have a phone with a Bible out. And um, we're going to talk about this peace. So I want to ask you, is there peace between you and God? That first starts at the cross of Christ. And that's the only lasting peace there is. Let me ask you this. Is there peace between you and yourself? Is there peace between you and your family? Is there peace between you and your friends? Would you say yes or would you say no? Or would you say, Chris, how in the world can you have peace in an imperfect world with imperfect people? Well, that's a good question. And this message will answer that. So in Isaiah chapter 26, this passage speaks of Israel, though they were away from their land, now they're back in their land. But we also see uh, in this book that Isaiah is talking about future things that pertain to those who will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to affect us. Some things that he talks about like the thousand-year millennial reign. This passage that we're going to look at supposedly uh, will be a song of praise that will be sung during the millennial, the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. Right now, we're believing that the rapture of the church is very near. I believe that Christ is coming in my lifetime, but only God the Father knows. God the Son, Jesus said only God the Father knows when the coming of the Son of Man will be. But the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, gives us insight. And we're seeing things happening right now that is strong indications that Jesus is about to come back. And the Bible clearly says that we're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to be with the Lord forever. You say, well... I don't think that's going to happen. I tell you what is going to happen. You and I are going to physically die. Can't get around that one. As children of God, we're supposed to be looking and saying, Maranatha, which means, come Lord, quickly. We're wanting to be released from this physical body and our spirit and our soul to be in His direct presence forever and ever. I want to tell you that would be far better. So, This passage is talking about the fact that uh, Israel is back in the land, and then also it talks about future things. But peace is what we want to focus on this morning. This passage talks about the city of God. It's really a contrast of the city of God and the city of man. I'll begin reading in verse 1 of Isaiah 26 down through verse 8. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation, that's speaking of redeemed Israel, says, open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. And then he says this, you will keep him in perfect peace, notice, whose mind is stayed on you, Because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, when it says Yah here, in Hebrew, Yah is a shortened form of Yahweh. For in Yahweh, the Lord is everlasting strength. For he brings down those who dwell on high, the lofty city. He lays it low. He lays it low to the ground. He brings it down to the dust. The foot shall tread it down, the feet of the poor and the steps of the needy. The way of the just is uprightness, O most upright. You weigh the path of the just. Yes, in the way of your judgments, O oh Lord, we have waited for you. The desire of our soul is for your name and for the remembrance of you. Now, I want to read verse 3 again because that's where our focus is going to be. He says, you will keep him In perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, notice, because he trusts in you. My friend, listen, if you want to have peace, if you want to have perfect peace, you have to keep your mind, stay on Mr. Perfect Peace himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only option that we have. Now, Harry Ironside... I like Harry Ironside. I like to look things up in his commentary because he was a simple man and God had gifted him to explain complex things in a simple way. He wasn't highly educated. He had what some people call a BSS, bedside studies. He learned by reading. He learned by teaching and preaching, being faithful in that, and he was a brilliant man. He had this To say in his commentary on Isaiah. He said this third verse, Isaiah 26, 3, this third verse may well apply not only to the remnant in that coming day, but to every trustful believer in all dispensations. What he's saying is this. When you read something from Isaiah, of course, it's in the Old Testament. It doesn't mean, well, that has nothing to do with me. Yes, it does. This book is not only talking about the present day in which they were living, and which uh, Isaiah wrote, but it's also talking about the future. So it does apply to you and me. So when I'm talking about this peace, don't get it in your mind, yeah, well, that was back then. That's not now. No, it's now. He's also speaking about the future. And so he says, But to every trustful believer in all dispensations, perfect peace, rest of heart and mind, And freedom from worry and anxiety are found only as we learn, listen, to commit all our ways to the Lord, trust Him implicitly to undertake for us. So perfect peace comes when we fix our minds, fix our faith on Jehovah God of the Bible. You see, you can fix your mind on anything, You can fix your mind on another human being. You think about them continually. It's no effort. You're always thinking about them. You can see them in your mind's eye all of your waking hours. You can also fix your mind to a substance that you get addicted to. And you fix your mind on it thinking, how do I get the next fix? Where do I get the money to get the next fix? And so your whole life can be centered around a substance. You say, why are you saying this? This is why. God made us in a way that you and I can live in unbroken communion with him. You say, well, how do you prove that? Think about the addictions people have, whether it's with an individual or whether it's with a substance. Their mind is constantly stayed on it. Their mind is fixed on that person. If God made us so that we can focus on something 24-7, that means he originally made us for that 24-7 unbroken communion focus is supposed to be on him. That's how he designed us. And it's been hijacked by Satan. It's been hijacked by his demon. It's been hijacked maybe by people in your life or it may be hijacked by a substance where you have your mind fixed. When you say, I can't break this addiction, my friend, listen, what you're saying is this. I've got my mind fixed on this addiction. Listen, flip it. Turn it back to where it belongs since you were a baby. God. Amen? And then you'll experience the peace which doesn't wear off, but the substance does. All right? Number one, what is the basis of our peace? What is the basis? The basis of our peace is a trustworthy God. Look again at verse three. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Listen, because he trusts in you. To trust something, it's like if I were to sit on this stool, I fully trust that it would hold me up. Listen, the basis of our faith is this. I simply trust God the one who created me in my mother's womb, the one the Bible says has the hair on my head numbered. He knows exactly how many days I'm going to live before I expire. I put all my trust in him and what he has said is in God's word. So I'll put all my trust in the word of God. So the basis of our trust is a trustworthy God. We can trust God because of what his name says about him. He keeps the promises he has written in his word, whatever he said, you can trust it. We used to say many years ago, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, then a man named Vance Havner, he was a, a country preacher, the most quoted man apart from Charles Haddon Spurgeon, I think he's quoted more as a preacher than anybody has ever been quoted. He said, we need to change that. He said, instead of saying, God said it, I believe, and that settles it, we need to say this. God said it, that settles it whether I believe it or not. Amen? We have a trustworthy God. Jehovah God, our trustworthy God, has said about himself in Hebrews 6.18, it is impossible for God to lie. Everybody around you might lie. God can't lie. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful he cannot deny himself. Second Corinthians chapter one verse twenty says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and him amen. That word amen means agreed, and in him, amen to the glory of God through us. Paul said in Romans eight twenty-eight, and we know that all things, not some but all things work together for good to those who love God. Listen. All things work together for good. A lot of people say, I've been reading that and hearing that all my life, but it's not working. Notice what it says to those who love God. You see, what you love, you focus on. What you love, your mind is fixed, and you keep doing it over and over again. If we can change our thinking back to our faithful God, our uncompromising faithful God, the basis of our peace, a trustworthy God, if we'll turn our focus back to Him, that will become stronger than anything else you've been putting your mind on up to this very day. Ephesians 1.11 says, In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, which predestined according to the purpose of Him who works, notice, him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. So, our basis of peace is in a trustworthy God. But not only that, it's also in a constant God. You see, people are up and down. People are back and forth. God is constant. He's the same today, yesterday, today, and Forever. He's constant. Everybody around you, including yourself, you're not so constant. Me either. Good days and bad days. But God is constant. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yahweh, the Lord is everlasting strength. Literally speaking, the Lord is our rock. I want to ask you, what would other people say is the rock in your life? If they spent time with you and talked to someone else concerning you, they would say, this is his rock. This is her rock. Is it a person? Is it a substance? What is it that is a rock in your life other than the Lord Jesus Christ? Written with Isaiah 26, 4 in mind, there was an old hymn we used to sing. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee, in Christ Jesus. You see, when we set our minds like concrete, we fix our minds on the fact that our God is trustworthy, our God is constant. My friend, listen. It's like setting our minds on the rock that never moves. And that is what our God is. He is a constant God. So that's the basis of our peace. It's God. Listen, everything else wears off. Relationships come and go. But our trustworthy, constant God is our ever-present help in trouble. So, number two... What is the extent of our peace? The basis and now the extent of our peace. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is noticed stayed on you because he trusts in you. You see, initially, we don't have any peace with God. The Bible says we're alienated from God. We come into this world separated from God. But at some point in your life, you put your trust right there on the cross where God put your sin on Jesus and you ask him to come into your heart, that's salvation. That is peace with God. Because, see, it was your sins that separated you from God. But when you put your trust that he was my substitute, he paid the price for my sin, I believe that and I receive that, That propitiated your sin. In other words, that wiped your sin completely away and put your sin away from God as far as the east is from the west. That's when you begin to have a peace with God. So here's my question. Are you at peace with God? Because salvation has to be first in this peace that we have with God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, We have peace, notice, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is not peace made with God, but a God-made peace because he allowed his son to be crucified on the cross as our substitute for all of our sins. And so it's not so much a feeling, but it is a fact. I have peace with God, not because of what I do, but because of what he did on the cross with my sin. So, the believer, the true child of God, the one who's put his trust where God has put his sin on Jesus, stands forever inside of Christ, and God has declared him not guilty, justified. That word justified, you can't say it this way, just as if I'd never sinned. So, we're no longer guilty before God. You say, Chris, but uh, you don't know what I do all day long. I'm very guilty before God. Listen, if you're a child of God, God sees your sin put away from you. You say, well, are you saying that I get away with sin? Let me ask you, how is your sin working out for you right now? You're not getting away from it. And even in the midst of it, God loves you. And he's not even surprised when you were still in your mother's womb. Because God is an all-knowing God. He knew everything you would do good, everything you would do bad for the whole world. He knew that about everyone, no matter what country they're in. And when he sent his son to the cross who was sinless, God had all that on his mind, everything we would all do, right or wrong. And he said, son, they don't even want you. You're sinless. You're perfect. You go down there and you take all of their sin, past, present, and future And you die on the cross, paying the price for it all. And that's exactly what God the Son did. That is grace, my friend. That is love. And that is mercy. And that's not something we should trample upon as we believe and receive him. So we have peace with God. But not only that, we have the peace of God. Notice the two words, peace with God. And now we're talking about the peace of God. The peace with God, my friend, listen, the peace with God means I was separated from God, but now I have peace with God, not by what I do, but what he did on the cross. And now the Bible's teaching me that I have the peace of God. You say, that's what I want. You don't need any more alcohol. You don't need any more legal drug or illegal drug to get peace. It wears off. It's man-made. What doesn't wear off? I want peace that doesn't wear off. It's God. God lives in you now, or if you haven't made peace with God, He can if you'll believe and receive. But when you pray and ask Christ, notice, to come into your heart, listen. It's just like if I had a glove up here and the hand goes into the glove, the Holy Spirit comes into you. You say, what is He like? What is the Holy Spirit like? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. This perfect peace is the Holy Spirit in you who is Mr. Peace. But you have to surrender to it. You are to be as gladly surrendered to the indwelling Holy Spirit as the alcoholic is to the bottle. Listen, you can give in to God or you can give in to the bottle. It's actually your choice, and you can never, ever, ever blame what you give in to on anybody else. No way. It's your decision. Yes, Lord. Yes, drink. Yes, Lord. Yes, pill. It is your decision. We have the peace of God, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, Listen to what Paul said. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God. Notice we've talked about peace with God. That happened at the cross. Now we're talking about the peace of God. That is the indwelling Holy Spirit living in you. Looking through your eyes, listening with your ears, speaking with your lips, loving from your heart, serving with your hands and walking in your steps. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. What will he do? He will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You see, what we're talking about here now, peace, perfect peace is the title of this message. Listen, it's all in the mind. How you think determines what you do, determines how you feel. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to fix our minds. We're supposed to set our minds. We're supposed to set everything that we think of on God and the cross of Christ. We're supposed to set our mind there. And when we do, we'll experience the peace with God and the peace of God that comes by the Holy Spirit of God. And so God has not just left us here alone. He sent us the Holy Spirit who lives in the true believer. He is our peace. It's not me trying to be peaceful. It's me surrendered and he is my peace. Ephesians 2.14 says this, For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. Notice he said, He himself is our peace. John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I live with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. To the Thessalonians, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13.20-21, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will. Listen, working in you, the Holy Spirit working in you, what is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So, we have peace with God. We have the peace of God living in us. And thirdly, we have an eternal position of peace. You say, what do you mean eternal? My friend, listen. When you put your trust in Christ's death on the cross to save you, not only does he come to live in you by the Holy Spirit, God sees you in him. Just like I'm in this shirt right now. I'm in this shirt. When you pray and ask Christ to come into your heart, God sees you're baptized into Christ. Spirit baptism. I'm I'm not talking about water baptism. That's a picture of spirit baptism. God sees you forever in Christ. And where is Christ right now? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. So when God the Father looks at God the Son right now, even right now, if you're a child of God, God sees you already in Christ, sealed in Christ. He sees you already in heaven, in His mind, in Christ at His right hand. You see, just like Noah and his family went into the ark, the Bible says God closed the door, not Noah. God closed the door. That is a picture. That ark is a picture of Christ. All those who went into that ark were saved. All those who did not go into that ark were drowned. They died. All right? Christ died on the cross. All those who believe are placed in Christ. And the same spirit that raised him from the dead on the third day, he lives in you, Mr. Peace, in you. But you have to tell yourself no, to tell him yes, to experience this perfect peace. And I want to tell you, you look at the world around us, it's raining. Are you in Christ? That's the question. We have an eternal position of peace. Psalm thirty-seven, thirty-seven says, mark the blameless man and observe the upright. Notice, notice this for the future talking about your future, my future, of that man is peace. Presently, what do we do? You say, I want to experience this on earth now. I'm not waiting to get to heaven. I want to walk in it now. My friend, I love you, so listen. You must abide above. If you're abiding in a bottle, if you're abiding in an illegal drug, if you're abiding in a prescription drug, you're not abiding in Christ. And that temporary peace that alters the way you feel wears off every single time. But this eternal God in the presence of the Holy Spirit, He never wears off. But you have to take the first drink of Christ. You have to let him bring peace for you because of the sin that we're born with. You have to live by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And more and more as you do this, you'll think, I should have done this long, long ago. Peace with God, the peace of God. We have an eternal position of peace. Psalm twenty-three, four, one one of the most famous passages in the Bible, apart from John three sixteen, the 23rd Psalm. Verse 4 says this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Sometimes at night, do you ever find yourself all alone? And when you're looking around, you feel like you're walking in the valley of the shadow of death and you look around and make sure nobody's following you. You hear something and you just find yourself nervous like I'm going to be harmed. He says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Third and last thing is this, the claiming Of our peace. You say, okay, I'm hearing you talk about peace, perfect peace. I'm hearing you say the basis of our peace comes from a faithful, just, and loving God. And the way we learn about it is through the one who wrote the Word of God. God wrote about Himself in the Word of God, and He cannot lie. And we can put our trust on what God has said about Him and know that He is faithful, always faithful. He's constant. So what we're doing right now is renewing our mind. Right now, by the Holy Spirit in you, and listening to this talk, our mind is being renewed. You say, okay, well, how do I claim it? How do I go purchase it so I can partake of it? How can I do that? Well, he says again in Isaiah 26, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. My friend, listen. It's an act of trust. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yahweh the Lord is everlasting strength. What you're talking about, how do I claim it? Fix your mind on God. Instead of fixing your mind of what you're going to go do after lunch somewhere, planning it out, figuring it out, how to pay for it, where to get it, How not to get caught? Listen, flip it and get so fixed on God, my friend. Listen, you've been hijacked and you're choosing to be hijacked. Say, I change. I'm going to get my mind so fixed on God that this peace, this perfect peace that passes all understanding will guard and guide me and my life in Christ Jesus. And that will satisfy, and that will not wear off. We have to fix our mind on God. That word fix is to place securely, make stable, or firm. Many years ago, a friend of mine, his name's Tom, he and I traveled out to the Bridger Wilderness. In, uh, I think it was in Wyoming, I believe. And while we were there, a blizzard A storm came up at night. I'm talking heavy winds, a lot of snow. Praise God. Though the blizzard continued on and we finally had to leave. But when we got up the next morning and we looked at the stakes of our tent and we were praying all night long in that tent. We got up in the morning, we looked around and our stakes were still in the ground for that tent. But they were half pulled out, but not all the way. We believe God kept those stakes in there to keep us alive because God knew I needed to preach this message today. So he showed me some grace. It's all about him. So the mind where it says that uh, he says we are to fix our mind on God, that mind is, it's better translated imagination. It's an imagination. In other words, Your mind is where we think, of course, but it's a better translation imagination. In our imaginations is where our lack of peace is. We imagine things that might happen, but they never do a lot of times. So we lose our peace in our imagination. We fashion our minds with the thoughts that we have. It may be fear. It may be lust. It may be jealousy. It may be envy. There could be a thousand things for a thousand people. But the next thing you know, we get our minds riveted on it. And that's where addictions come from. You say, what's the answer? Stop it. (laughs) Quit it. God made you that way so that you can fix your mind on him that way. Not on something that wears off that's created by man. He said, stop that. We need to practice what God tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Listen, bringing every thought into captivity. Listen, to the obedience of Christ. Listen, if your mind is on a substance, it is your choice. You cannot blame anyone else. What you're doing is you're obeying instead of obeying the one who created you as a little baby and the one who knows when you'll die. Do you see how deceived so many people have been obeying things that man create instead of obeying the one who created it all and knows the plans that he has for us We're to take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, he said, Finally, brethren, listen to this carefully. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, it says to meditate in the mind. Meditate on these things. I want to tell you what will change our country and change this whole world. If people would quit following man and each individual follow God, period, it would transform their mind, it would transform how they feel, and it would transform their life. Instead, we're trying to fix everything with human beings and they're all fallen and sinful. Each individual must turn to God and let Him control their life just like a hand in a glove. Philippians 4 7 says, And when we do this, the peace of God, of God means from the Holy Spirit in you, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So, how do we claim this peace? Fixing our mind on God. Fixing our faith on God. He says again in Isaiah 26, verse uh, 3 and 4, He will keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yahweh the Lord is everlasting strength. So, we must rivet our mind to God and what his word says about him until our minds have been so renewed that affects our actions and our feelings. So I close with this. Think about this. Think about the faith of these saints of old. Think about Job. Job lost everything. But look how he trusted and how he thought. Job thirteen, fifteen. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. How did he say that when he had bulls on his body? His family were killed. How could he say this? Because his mind was riveted on the trustworthiness of God, the faithfulness of God, the love of God, the fact that God is constant. Think about Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den. Look how he trusted and how he thought, notice, How he thought in his mind. Daniel 6, 23. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him. Listen, because he believed in his God. My friend, listen, you're putting your trust in someone or something. Stop it. Put your trust in God and he will take you out of every lion's den. He'll keep you in perfect peace when things may be not peaceful around you. Think about Peter. He was imprisoned. He was waiting execution. They were going to cut his head off. John chapter 21, verses 18 through 19. Listen to what Jesus said. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old... You will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Listen, my friend, are you so willing to follow God that it may cost you your life? I'm so grateful that I'm still alive, but I've made 21 trips to Kenya, Africa, Been to Nigeria, been to Ethiopia twice. I've done crusades. I've done prison crusades. I've been in places so remote that I wondered, boy, if something goes wrong, I'll never get back to the airport from here. Praise God, I'm still here. But there were times I felt so alone that I could just, it was like I could see a globe in my mind and I was thinking, I am on the exact opposite side of the earth from my wife and my daughter. I felt so alone. But when I had that feeling, and when I had those thoughts in my mind, God's Holy Spirit in me immediately turned my mind back to his word. Turned my mind back to that I can trust him. I, I'm trusting him to have given me a home in heaven. I'm going to physically die. What can I not trust him for? And so, you think about the Apostle Paul. He was about to be shipwrecked at sea, and he could say this. Shipwrecked at sea probably going to drown. And he said this to the other men. He said, therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. As you get up and walk out of here today, remind yourself of what God says. And even when you're emotionally, you don't feel like it's true, say, God said it, that settles it, whether I believe it or not. And you keep walking by faith in Him. And your faith will grow stronger and stronger. And that subtle peace will grow stronger and stronger in your soul. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.